do this, but we have to do this because I was at AEW Revolution and it's there's no conversation about it. The best pay-per-view, not only of the year, but I think in a long, long time. Taylor, I might be a little bit biased because I was there. However, there was not a match that didn't stick out to me. Now, I will say I did miss the Layla Hirsch-Chris Statlander match, so maybe that is the great outlier that I am missing here in the overall picture. But I was thoroughly surprised at every possible opportunity, even by the matches I wasn't really excited for. And with the length of the pay-per-view, I'll tell you, in the home stretch, I really wanted to get out of the doors because there was something about Adam Cole versus Adam Page that didn't strike me as a big marquee main event especially with the undercard that we were provided. But by the end of the night, I was wrong. And I will admit that. I've been wrong about a lot of things. There are a couple people that I've been really hard on, mainly Paige, but also Guevara, who gave me a little bit of hope to like want to see what they're doing going forward. We always like to give people second, maybe third chances on this podcast because, you know, we're good humans and humans try to do those kind of things. So Going forward, I'm going to give them a little bit more respect because after that pay-per-view and getting to see, like for a perfect example, the Guevara spot when he uh, threw Homeboy through the table, like did that flip, that was maybe 10 feet in front of him. Yeah. So even like the little nuances of him going like, I'm fucking crazy. He'd been doing that shit, bro. I know, but to see it at that level and just see the like, how flawless there was. It wasn't a misstep in his head. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he put it to perfection, you know? I'm glad he made a believer out of you, man. I'm happy for Sammy, and I'm happy for you. This, I, words cannot describe where I would even want to begin, and I know you wanted me to say, like, what my favorite match was, but I don't really think I could pinpoint one because there was a couple different matches that were special to me, and there was a bunch of different moments that... A lot of the time watching wrestling, you maybe get like one big moment where you pop, you know, or if you're lucky, maybe two in one card. We've gotten that with some AEW events. It seemed like every 20 to 30 minutes, I was losing my shit about something. And to just be a part of that, to be a part of that atmosphere, like, I I don't know if it picked up on the pay-per-view because I haven't actually got to rewatch it back yet. But, like, the energy for the Hangman uh, Cole match was just, it was something else, dude. Everyone was just living at the moment, riding with the fact that they were both named Adam. And I couldn't tell you how many different Let's Go Adam or Kill Adam Kill or, like, all these different Adam-oriented chants were thrown throughout the night. And it's, I, I loved it, man. I think that was probably the best pay-per-view I've ever been to besides that OG WrestleMania when I was a kid. Well, we have had a lot of pay-per-views that consist of more than one five-star match, and there are absolutely two, maybe three in this pay-per-view. I might even say four. I wouldn't go that far. So I really liked the Redragon match with uh, the Young Bucks and uh, all those boys and the was a jungle boy. By the way, was? you'll be so proud no, of me. Wasn't. I was heavily representing Fish Game. Yeah. I was yelling Fish Game probably every 30 seconds. I was seconds. tweeting it, so we were probably in the same time doing that. But we love you, Bobby. That match was great, but I've seen the Young Bucks have better matches in the last year. So I don't want to put that as a five-star match because the Young Bucks have exceeded that several times. That's a problem the Young Bucks have, though, is they do go above and beyond all the time to 
the, whenever they do not hit that marquee, you know what I mean? So Everything feels like it fell short. I don't think it's the Young Bucks' fault. I think that when you have three really dynamic tag teams that all have things that they do really, really well, sometimes there's not enough space for three really good tag teams to be. You know what I mean? Like, that's just all it was to me. I will say one thing that always bothers me about that style of tag team match, too, is the fact that not three members are competing at every given time. It's like one or it's it's like two representatives of the three teams. You know what I mean? Like, so there's always a tag team that's out on the corner. And it makes you think, like, why isn't someone representing them involved well, at all times? Because they're basically putting their title at stake. If they aren't in the match and that I would be like, hey, that's unfair. Like if I lost that match, I I know the next time I'm coming out going, hey, I wasn't even in the match when the pinfall happened. I couldn't legally do anything about it. Like I got snuffed, you know, they'd be like tough titty boss. I fucking Keep guess so. But yeah, yeah, I I can see where you're going with the young bucks have had better matches within the last year, though. I just I thought it was a good match. I obviously thoroughly enjoyed Danielson Mox. Yeah, of course. Of course. Hook was fun. I know that QT Marshall's the shits, but like starting off the night hot with Hook was a really good choice. I also thought it was interesting that Kingston Jericho was the first match of the night. I'm not saying it was bad by any means. Yeah, that's good. definitely like a it's a sleeper. Eddie Kingston has that same match with everybody. Though. That's easily a four star match, if not more. No, like, no, 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 no. For me, Kingston has had better matches in the last year as well, and so has Jericho. Uh not for me. Kingston, I have Kingston has had three better matches than that. Maybe Kingston, year. not Jericho. That Daniel Bryan match with him was nuts. Like, yeah, but that's Daniel Bryan. That, that's way better though. If you're going to put one as a five star match, I'm giving Daniel Bryan that match. He gets the five star, not 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 Jericho. I'm so glad I hooked you. I tried. I sucked my teeth in, and I got you to say Daniel Bryan. I love it. But anyway, no. When you have such great talent, you expect it. But one could argue that that Kingston uh, Bryan match was a five star match. I'm just saying, for me, not being a Jericho fan, that match with him and Kingston was. Really, a four-star match or cool. above, depending cool. on your interest. I'm I, not saying it was bad. I got everything something. I wanted out of it. It was something. I wasn't real high on the Britt Baker match, and I usually seem to like her matches a lot. The only thing that bothered me was the fact that you could tell Rosa kind of knew she wasn't going over, and like her enthusiasm bled through on it. Like it didn't really hit me until afterwards, but I saw like all the screenshots and of her like basically looking pissed the entire time, and like, you kind of got it like. I'm a big Thunder Rosa fan, but I was, that was definitely, it felt like if there was to be a bathroom break match, and I'm not saying that like, hey, you shouldn't have watched that match, but with that card, that was kind of the match, weirdly enough, and I love both of those competitors. I do too. I do but too. that was. I think most of us feel this way because we wanted Thunder to go, Rosa to go over so bad. Like, I thought it was her time, and I thought she deserved it. Well, she's going over in her, in her hometown, so it's going to make sense at the long term, but. I just think for this card, you know, everyone tried to have that transition match be the Sting, like Darby Allen, all of them. Sting, and man. that match Woo. ended up that well exceeded my expectations. Sting is Sting's gonna sting, man. Can't believe he took that spot. I'm so I can't proud believe of it either, bro. I've been rewatching it all week, or not all week, but the last few days, and just been like, fuck. But so I'm going to take the opportunity to kind of segue into our next segment by talking about one of the matches on this card because originally you wanted me to hit you with like two bloody matches that are like my favorite bloody matches of all time. The problem with that is it's really hard to single out a specific bloody match that comes to mind for me, at least I got, one. but I do have a little bit of a rant on it. 
But I do want to talk about the dog collar match real quick because with that being said, that would be one of those matches now with bloody moments that instantly comes to mind. And I don't know what you want me to say. From the AFI intro to the Ring of Honor gear to the Maxwell actually changing his gear, the psychology of the match, the actual performance they put on just from start to finish, bell to bell, it was a match of the year candidate for sure for me. And uh, getting to see CM Punk wrestle for the first time since 2008 live was a very special moment for me. You know, I got to miss out on that big title run and that big push that he got in WWE because I wasn't really interested in wrestling at the time. And I don't know if that's my fault because I fell out of love with wrestling, but here in the year of our Lord 2022, I got to see one of my first favorite wrestlers wrestle live. And it wasn't like a situation where like we're going to get stone cold at WrestleMania. Right. And he's way past his prime. Like I got to see CM Punk. Like, I don't think I'm going to be getting 10 more years of punk at this level. Right. But getting to see him where he was performing at an extremely high level, stealing the show. The part of the reason why I was worried about page and hangman. Part of the reason why I was worried about Cole hangman was the fact that they were going after Mox Brian. They were going after CM Punk MJF. And that kind of lived up to it. I mean, that main event did everything it needed to and more and exceeded my expectations, just like the tag team match, right? But Tony was exactly right to book it that way because the problem has always been we're going to put our top stars above a championship match. And you can't do that if you want Hangman's reign to have any kind of worth. And I think it gave a little bit of variety to him to say, hey, we trust you in this spot with that undercard, like I said. But the MJF CM Punk match, I mean, it's legendary. And I want to save this rant for Friday. But I was right all along. I'm going to take my flowers. I've been using that expression way too much. Way so please too much. yell at Woo. me. Wardlow is a top fucking guy. Keep doing it. We're going to run out of flowers. Hey, man, I'm a big rose guy. So, you, you can't know, just keep... give flowers to everybody. Eventually, there'll be no flowers. I deserve them, Taylor. So go fuck yourself because <laughs> you made me seem like I was crazy. You tried to gaslight me over the fact that I saw the potential in Wardlow. I all still, I, I'm not in still. I'm still going to, I'm just still going to be. How dare you do laundry during this podcast, I'm you still, asshole? I'm still going to be on the anti Wardlow train. There's no way around it. I don't like him. Here's why I don't like a big boy. That ain't my type of wrestler. No, thank you. If I want to watch that, I'll just watch Ryback. Fuck you. <laughs> but then you wanted a second match, right, Taylor? And I don't have a second match that comes to mind. There's not one in history that you think of. You're like, God damn, this is a bloody match. And this is one that I would rewatch if I started to think about my favorite matches of all time. Can I give you mine and give you a couple seconds to the filibuster? Well, I have something I was going to say, but give me your match first. Okay, so my first one is JBL John Cena, I Quit. Remember that? I do. Actually, John Cena is one of the people that comes to mind from the WWE side or any Ric Flair product because he basically, I think he was bloody more than he was not. But that match in particular is a match that when I started watching wrestling again with you, it was one of the first matches I watched, and it's still one that I think about routinely. Like the viciousness of that match. And it brought a side of John Cena out that we very, very rarely see, which is this anti hero John Cena, like he was with Rob Van Dam. You know what I mean? Like there's this guy that's like 
not as over as he should be because he's becoming something else. The anger takes over and it's special. Well, that's JBL is also an incredible performer on both sides. And I'm sorry to try to cut you off, but that was the beautiful thing about that early, early John Cena championship run is he was not a face at all. He was kind of a heel and people fucking hated him. And over time, you know, we started to get over with youth. And so that's where you started to get that version of John Cena that we know and love today. Well, depending on who you ask, uh, where he's more family friendly and PG, but it was all this evolution of this heel character where it was this white dude rapping coming out in all of the like uh, cities, football jerseys or basketball jerseys and taking a shit. Also, but you also, also don't see John Cena bleed a lot either. So that was a special thing to see him just like caked. You know what I mean? So thank you. That's going to give me the leeway into going into what I was actually going to say instead of a second match. It's you have this thing with WWE where at this point they do not want blood. And I've even read uh, a quote. I don't know if it's true or not. So don't crucify me if it's not. But Daniel Bryan said he left WWE because Vince wouldn't let him bleed. You know, so the quote was that he was actually talking to Vince when he said it. Like he said to Vince, he said, what do you what do you want? What do I have to do to get you to stay? And he goes, I want this and I want to be able to bleed. And he goes, you know, I can't let you bleed. Like, it's not in the cards. So, OK, it is, uh, it is real, true. Yeah. OK, that came from Daniel Bryan's mouth. We have this situation where WWE is very PG now and doesn't have that emotion. But the thing about wrestling is it's a primal thing, right? It's fighting at the end of the day. And there are times where blood happens in a fight. Like, even naturally, like, you can accidentally bleed. And that's really the only time we get blood in WWE these days is when someone accidentally nicks themselves, right? And there's blood on the screen, but they just roll with it because these are athletes and performers, and they know how to shoot on the fly, right? But I think using blood as a storytelling device is a lost art to a degree, at least in WWE, but not in wrestling as a whole. But I also think at the same time, there are promotions, namely like the first thing that comes to mind is honestly GCW. And they're not as bad with it these days, but using blood over, you know. Okay, so it's one thing for a deathmatch company to use blood. Like, and let me clarify before I say anything. Like when we go into AEW though, they have the ability to use blood. So do you think that maybe they overuse blood a little bit? And not necessarily when it's the right time. Like with this dog collar match this weekend, that was the right time to do that. You know what I mean? Like, there is a time for blood and there's a time not for blood. And what I mean is, if you look back at Cody Rhodes' last 10 matches, uh, eight of them are bleeding matches. Well, he's notorious for bleeding. And I or think even like, even like, there's matches. Like, I really like that Anna J match against the Bunny where they were both bleeding like shit. Do we need the blood for that to be a good match, though? It was that that was what they were using as the selling point for that match. And there's no reason to do that when you have two people as talented as Anna Jay and the Bunny and take Ty Conti and you know what I mean? And I just I, there's times where I'm like, is this an overuse? Is it time for us to maybe dial back the blood a little bit? But then other times like this pay-per-view, both those matches, Brian Danielson and Mox and CM Punk and MJF needed the blood. It was part of the story and it's important. Well- I think with the Anna Jay bunny match, I do think the blood is important there because Anna Jay is over, right? I don't really think the bunny is. And that's not to say she's not a great performer and she doesn't have a lot of potential. I just don't think she's really over with the fans. So I think when, she's over as a mid-carder, though. Like, I think she's over the same way that the blade is over. I don't agree. And that's not to take her down by any means. So I think when you use blood in that match, you get sympathy. Do you think the blade's over? Not really. 
I don't think I and this. I don't do you th- think it's the character or do you think it's how they wrestle? Because I don't know a lot of people that if you bring up their names are going to be like, oh, those motherfuckers can't wrestle. I think it's how they've been used because the problem with the butcher and the blade is with Andy Williams touring with every time I die, it was hot and cold and then he got injured. And so it was always wrong place, wrong time situation with them. Speaking of Andy, have you seen him in shape? Oh, yes, I have. He Ooh. is. A unit, and I think now, especially unfortunately, with every time I die breaking up, all three really of them g- are talented. Though like, they, they all are, three of them I are love that entire statement, and I'm a huge fan but of all three. So. The problem too with early or Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny is they took her out for like a month and a half, and then put her back because Brandy wanted her to do something with. But I don't mind these like side quest singles runs that she gets. They're not runs because she's not a championship, but they'll put her in the singles competition for like two or three months. And let her battle with the champion because you always get good matches out of it. But it's when you kill the affiliation with her stable is when the problem occurs. Like but they're I said, doing this with every stable though. They're like they're splitting John Silver out of Dark Order every month to do do, do a random. Well, do you match. not remember what I was talking about earlier in the AEW history? Brandy Rhodes took the bunny out of the Butcher and the Blade stable, right? And basically had her do a complete gimmick switch for like a month, month and a half. Uh, to do something with Brandy and ended up not working at all, not getting over. Then they dismantled it. And uh, eventually the bunny found her way back with the butcher and the blade. But then you end up having the butcher blade and bunny get uh, associated with Mount Hardy. And it's just a big mess from there. So I, do you think that they should just be on their own? I think if you take them off of TV for six to eight months, right? And then just start having vignettes. God, where that's a long placed. fucking time, though, bro. But it's going to take a long time to forget how horrible they've been booked. You know what I'm saying? Have they been booked horrible if they're producing good matches and losing? Are they? Yes. I have every one of their matches are appointment television. When was the last time every- they were uh, on TV? It was a while ago. Exactly. They've been putting them on dark and shit. But every time you see them now, they're associated with Matt Hardy and Andrade and whatever they're doing. And they're just like little side pieces to what the bigger picture for that whole gimmick is. And I think that's like a whole group of but like I misfortunate think, souls, honestly. This is how Tony does business, though. Like we bring people in for a few months. We take people out for a few months. We take them down to dark. We bring them back up. It's the flow of the water, man. Everybody has to take a break for a while. Well, and so you're arguing with me that they should take a break. I personally think that we should take them off TV for like six months. That's kind of what they've been doing, though. Not really. They were on TV the other day. I saw them in the promo for uh, Andrade and all of them. So they're still there, but they're not doing anything with them. So you get people to forget about them, and then you bring them in on the right path. You have, like, say Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus managed to keep the titles for another eight months, right? Like, Jesus, don't do that to me. I... I Yuck. hate Luchasaurus. That's the one criticism I have of Revolution. <laughs> I just don't like coming off as a hater. We just talked about all the wrestlers I don't like today. So I just don't want to come off as a hater and just sound like I hate everybody in AEW, but I don't like either one of them. You're so pessimistic, Taylor. I can't help myself. I just don't like either one of them. I'm sorry. It's a, You know, it's Team Fish till I die. So Fish gang. If you have them come out, though, and absolutely decimate them and become an instant threat, you're going to be able to do a lot more with them instead of trying to rehab them as is. Does that make sense? And I think there's all the potential in the world, especially with how Andy Williams looks now. They really fit the bill. Like, I love a big beefy boy, but he just kind of looked like he liked to play guitar and drink beer, which is exactly what he did. And he's a different person now. He's a professional athlete. and I couldn't be happier for him. I just hope that they get the treatment they deserve going forward because you have a bona fide tag team champion group in that company just sitting there waiting to be fully developed. 
They have like eight bona fide champions in the in the company that are waiting to be used. So why don't we truly have the best tag team division? What about Jay Lethal? We've got him sitting around. You know, but he's not the tag team. But what I'm saying is, there's a bunch of unused talent in AEW that they're waiting for their turn. Keith Lee just got there. He's waiting for a turn. So all these people are waiting for a turn. They're about to have Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy there. There goes the tag team element. Are you going to break the boys up? Because they're not going to go over the Hardy boys. It's gonna You're going to have them, but you should use them like seasoned vets to help develop and flesh out that tag team division. And I think they could do wonders with that. But you do think that they would ever put over the Butcher and the Blade over any of the top tier tag teams right now in AEW? They should. Are they going to? From a booking perspective, would there be a reason to even put them over Penta? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But you have to rehab them first. And God damn. I don't think where they're at right now, you could do it. But if you give them the right treatment, you could easily do it and have people be more than happy to do it. Tell that to Andy, who's worked his ass off to look like a fucking man to run through some people. What? You make you, him sit down for six months. You tell him, hey, go take six months off vacation, enjoy yourself, get healthy, make sure you have no lingering injuries, keep working out, getting you exactly where you want to be physically. We're going to pay you. And then in six months, we're going to push you to the top and give you the belts. I, if you're telling me you're going to give me six-month paid vacation, then you're going to make me the tag team champions? Yes, please. He has plans to bring the Briscoes in. He has so many people coming in in the next six months. And you're going to tell me that they're just going to put a pause on those guys for six months and then shoot them to the top? Your booking don't make any sense. You're not Tony Khan. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts in the comments and in the Twitters and the social medias, whatever vehicle you want to use to get me your opinion to tell me that I'm right over Taylor. And with that, you can go ahead and follow the big three. If you don't already at jaded wrestling at tots pod and at year of pod, we slang some merch on the interwebs at pro wrestling slash jaded wrestling. Really do appreciate all the support. Tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, leave a review. I'm pretty sure that is a major thing that is holding us back. So it would be really awesome if you did that. Or, you know, just tell your mom to listen. It's all good at the end of the day. It just keeps spreading the word, right? And until next time, we have been Will and Taylor. Peace.